welcome into hardcore Penn State football. Cruton is what we're calling this episode. Transfer portal news, recruiting news. Less than two weeks away from early signing day for the 2023 class. The Rose Bowl also quickly approaching. Sean Kane is back with me today, so you don't have to worry about back-to-back episodes of No Sean Kane. We'll get right into the thick of things, as well as some top-shelf news coming your way in just a second. Penn State football. I'm Corey Lestoki. With me, as always, the great Sean Kane. How are you doing today, Sean? Having a Sunday fun day today, Corey. How about you? I'm happy to have you back. Happy to have you yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Corey did a good job on Wednesday. I had a little family thing, uh, but we're all good. And um, yeah, he did a good job with Adam. So nice job, Corey. Way to hold down the fort. Uh, I love Adam. I thought Adam did a great job, but the one question you had for him, he sort of dodged. I was like, if, if Sean was here, I don't know if he would have let him go that easily. But uh, but otherwise, um, no, it was nice to have Adam on. He was not. He was he was no Sean Kane. How about that? Uh, <laughs> but it was it was lonely not having you. And I tried to do my best with the recruiting news. I tried to live up to the to what your standards would have been. Um, but that uh, it's not always easy. But I mean, I. There was a lot to talk about last week, and not a bunch has really changed so far as we record this at 5 Eastern on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, you know, there's going to be stuff that happens all the way through signing day now with recruiting and the portal. I mean, the portal, it's going to be the, – the difference is the portal is going to be till the spring and beyond beyond that too. I mean, it's just – always in college football it's like penn state basketball it never stops and you're gonna have but i do think there you have to be at a school by a certain day you have to be committed to a school by a certain day to be able to be eligible for next year and i think it's someday in the in the spring so when we have when we have that date we'll share it with you 
Yeah, that that might be a, a good place to start because we got some questions on that on Twitter, Hardcore PSUFB, and, and some people were a little confused about how it all kind of works. Um, so, some people disagreed with us as far as how they think this, the transfer portal is going to be used, which is fine, but I think there were some misconceptions on how it actually kind of goes down. So unlike previous years, there are windows now, if you will, to to when people can can enter the transfer portal. That does not apply. Those windows do not apply to anyone who is a graduate student. And those windows do not apply to anyone whose coach has been fired or has decided to leave. So if your coach gets fired, you automatically basically can enter the portal whenever you want at that point. Um, so so that's an important kind of thing to to understand. The second part of that is, for example, this window right now, that goes into January for the transfer portal. Yes, you need to say that you are in the transfer portal before that deadline ends. However, you do not need to confirm where you are going to go yet. So just because you haven't officially signed with anybody or even unofficially signed, if you haven't made that decision yet, that does not mean um, you have to have that decision made when the portal so to speak closes. That just basically means it's your last chance to declare to be in the portal. So it's not like these schools have to like have their decisions made on who they want to take or these players don't have to have their decision made on, on where they want to go by the end of those due, you know, those deadlines. So I think it's going to be crazy. I think it's more of a trickle than it is a, you know, a shotgun burst. Obviously there's a lot of people that hopped in on Monday and Tuesday and even Wednesday, but as schools begin to pick up players, I think you're going to then see some guys leave and so forth. And it's going to sort of, you know, trickle its way down the system. So uh, I'm not saying, you know, if you're a, a school that's looking to get a top end guy, you can afford to wait. I don't think that's necessarily the case. But I do think you are going to see guys continuously go into the portal pretty much the entire year now. I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be something that, oh, they did at the end of the season. That's it, Sean. I mean, it's going to go crazy until they can't go crazy anymore. And then as soon as spring practice is over, it's going to go crazy again. For sure. And don't forget, this is a busy time for for the players themselves right now. Uh, it's the end of the semester. Uh, finals week, I believe it's still the same. It's around the middle of December for Penn State. So they're getting ready for finals and they have a Rose Bowl coming up. So if they are considering the transfer portal, you know, they might want to take time over the holiday and think about it, or they might just want to think about it after all the craziness at the end of the semester and the Rose Bowl is done. Um, so yeah, this, I strongly doubt we've seen our last, we've seen our last player hit the portal. Um, and it's also important for Penn State, for Penn State, to keep their, uh, you do have to get your offers out and everything because you don't want to miss the boat on a guy. But if you do miss the boat on a guy and you will, it's not the end of the world because these guys are going to keep going inside the portal. Like Corey said, um, in, after spring ball, um, after the bowl game. So this is going to be something that all teams have to uh, be cognizant of. I was muted for a second. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I think so for sure. And I still believe, I think you're going to see some guys enter the portal post Rose Bowl. 
for some of the the reasons you mentioned, but also some of these guys got to make sure they're eligible, make sure you know their classes are passed. Well, you know what can transfer. It is a busy, busy time of year. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's far from being being over with. And again, the Rose Bowl is probably the best bowl besides the playoff games, right? So if any, you know, if any of the bowls are the bowls. If have any of the bowls you're going to stay and play before you enter the portal, the, the Rose Bowl is high on that list. So, yeah, I, I, I think five players still in the transfer portal right now for Penn State. I would be surprised if that's the end of it. I would be very, very, very surprised if that is the end of it. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Uh, show schedule's up there on YouTube. Again, if you guys are on YouTube right now, give us a like. Make sure you're subscribed. And say hi to us. Tell us where you're watching from. Um we're going to talk Parker Washington in the NFL in just a second. Not just Parker Washington in the NFL and whether or not we – I hate using the word agree with, right, because it's not really what we're talking about, but but I guess how surprised we were with the decision. Uh, Chris Stoll winning a national award was not the Heisman. I'm going to break the news there. It was not the Heisman. Long snapper Chris Stoll did not. Bigger than the Heisman. Bigger. You could argue that. You could argue that. Uh, and then – Honestly, the recruiting and transfer portal talk is going to probably take up a lot of the show. Um, I will say this. The, I told everybody this on the last episode on Wednesday that that was our super pragmatic episode. Like I went through, systematically went through a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about again today. And I'm not sure if we're going to hit on necessarily the exact same amount of detail with every single one of these guys. But if you're looking for that, definitely go back and listen to that last episode and, and, and we'll add to it as we kind of go. But, uh, but yeah, that, since I didn't have Sean, I, I was able to maybe cut down some of the just discussion and just hit some of the, the key bullet points. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, which hasn't done, I don't want to say hasn't done as well, but it's, it lagged behind a little bit. Go, go ahead and listen to that and I'll catch you up to speed. And then we do have two fan questions to end the show. So um, with that being said, Sean, I think maybe it's best if we do just start with with good old Parker Washington and I guess what what we're kind of thinking there. I, you know, it's interesting that I think everybody's a little surprised. I think we can go ahead and say like, um, I wasn't surprised originally, right? Like I was like, I think Parker Washington is going to go to the NFL originally, but then once he got hurt. I was like, oh, I, I think he has to stay now. So we were all, I think, a little surprised when we found out that that Parker Washington was going to be um, be heading to the to the NFL. He declared that. I want to say he declared that on. Is that Saturday? Is that Saturday? Or Thursday. Thursday. Okay. Days are running together. Or Friday. Yeah. It might have been Friday. Thursday or Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was working, so I know it was during the week. Okay. The, uh, yeah, it might have been Thursday. Now that I think about it. But so he's, so people were asking, oh, well, he didn't, and I didn't even ask, like, he didn't specifically say he was not playing in the Rose Bowl, but he was already ruled out for the rest of the season. So I think it's safe to say he will not be playing in the Rose Bowl. Um, but Sean, I guess before I get to like what your thoughts are on this, I just want to read out his stats because some people were like trying to compare him to like a Brandon Smith leaving early. And I was like, that's, that's, that's not even really close. I mean, it's, it's not like Parker Washington hasn't 
done things. Uh, just to give you guys an idea. I mean, I think he's like top 10 on receptions in Penn State school history. So it's nothing to, to bat an eye at. He has 146 catches in his career. He played in 31 games. He had a catch in every single game he played in. He had 1,920 yards receiving on 13.2 yards per catch, 12 receiving touchdowns, and he also had 20 returns for 122 yards uh, in the punting duty and then eight kick returns for 100 yards in the kickoff return duty. And he also had one tackle, if you were interested in that um, as well. Parker Washington, the defense. One tackle. I'm assuming I was on a two-way two player. Two-way player. Next level two-way player. Question mark. Um, so yeah, he 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 did some pretty solid things. If if I could, you know, just just, I think it was wrong to honestly say he hasn't shown enough tape. I mean, that Ohio State game alone probably was enough tape. Let alone all the other games combined, the Minnesota game this year as well. And so I guess I wanted to start with that, Sean, because he has put up some some pretty solid numbers, right? And he's done some really good things. And I think he's going to be just fine. And I just go back to, I don't know what else he could have done because he wasn't going to get bigger. He wasn't going to get taller. He wasn't going to really get faster. He already showed he could put up big numbers against good opponents, a.k.a. the Ohio State game. Maybe one more year gets him up around a, a in the draft. But, Sean, I don't see him going on the first day. I, I see him as a fringe day two, day three guy as it is. And I don't really know how much he could have played up. Maybe he could have played a little bit more into day two, but I don't know how much. So I guess that's where I stand on it. Yeah, I think when he first announced... I had a knee-jerk reaction to just to not disagree, but to think, yeah, he probably could have used another year. But the thing is, when a guy decides to come back, you have to you have to keep in mind he's going to be undersized whether he goes out next year or whether he comes out this year. He's got speed, but he's not a burner, and that's not going to change in an off season. He's not going to get that much faster. So you have to keep that in mind. His hands, which he's known for, and I think he's going to be a possession guy, they're not going to change that much. I think what he could have come back for, though, is I do think he could have been more consistent because there were times that he disappeared, and I don't think he was really a number one receiver. And I, I think he was very good. I, I really liked Parker at Penn State, and there are lots of guys like Parker Washington in the NFL who don't have top-end speed, don't have great size. They catch the ball, and they keep the chains moving, and they can go and make spectacular catches at times. And I think he's going to be a solid pickup for somebody in round four or five. Heck, maybe he'll, if he doesn't do great at the combine, he might slip into the sixth round. But I think a middle-round guy that's going to be a high production guy at the next level. That's kind of what I see from Parker Washington. So I think we were, and you know, to, to be, to be real, I think Corey and I were kind of tough on Parker Washington this year before the Minnesota game. And I think justifiably so, because he just wasn't getting it done the way we needed it to be. 
And he really turned it on and just sucked that he got hurt when he did and he couldn't finish the year out and he couldn't play in the Rose Bowl because I think there's a good chance that even I think he's gone pro no matter what, he might have played in the Rose Bowl, though. And I think that could have really um, he's one of those guys that could have really used that Rose Bowl tape to help in his to help his draft stock. And he's just not going to get that chance. So. Best of luck to Parker Washington and I, and I am excited to see him at the next level. Yeah, I'd be, I would have been interested to know if he would have played in that Rose Bowl if, you know, if, if he could have, barring injury. We, we don't know that mm. yet or not. So One more but, thing, too. Yeah, go ahead. Um, with the torn ACL, <clears throat> let's say, though, he, de- he decided to come back and he, and he had another tear next year. I mean, then his draft stock, you're lucky if he gets drafted at that point because he's not known as a speed guy uh, to begin with. So maybe that maybe that pushed him more to go to the draft. Just something to think about. Do, do we know for sure what the injury was? I th- thought I heard word on the street it was an ACL, but I don't know that for sure. Okay. I, di- I didn't know for sure either, so I was just curious if you knew something I didn't know, but... Which obviously is never the case since I know everything, but just making sure, just making sure. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it leads to like the next part of the podcast and, and, and what we want to talk about in this episode. And and that is, OK, where are things receiver wise now? Right. Like what are where does Penn State stand in the wide receiver room? I'm on record saying I don't think Penn State's going to maintain everyone else in the in the room. I, I just I'd be hard to imagine Malik Mega, KLS, Trey Wallace, Caden Saunders. I, I just can't see them all staying next year. And if they can, okay, then maybe it isn't as big of a concern. But you already lose Mitch Tinsley. You lost Parker Washington. Now that is your number one and number two. Keandre Lambert-Smith was banged up for a little bit, but even when he was healthy, he wasn't he wasn't anything crazy. Trey Wallace had moments, but he wasn't anything crazy. Caden Saunders was supposed to be this big-time commit. He didn't even play in all four games. And then you look to maybe Omari Evans. Then, you, then after that, it's all guys we don't know anything about. Jaden Dotton really didn't play very much. Uh, Johnson, Ivy didn't play at all. And I don't know. You get You get a little bit more concerned, and then obviously – it becomes pretty evident that Penn State's got to go to the transfer portal and pick up at least one, maybe two, Sean, two wide receivers. I think at this point you need two, and I think they're gunning for two. When you see how many offers they have out, uh, Dante Cephas, it looks like there's a good chance he ends up at Penn State um, based on crystal balls and all that. Uh, he'd be a good addition, but then you have guys like Jimmy Horn and Devontae Walker, who, if you haven't, I really like Devontae Walker. He was Dante Cephas's teammate. Um, but you have a, they have a lot of offers out to receivers right now. So I think they're gunning for two guys. And I agree. I think you need to think about bringing in a second guy. Do you feel good about... Penn State having Keandre Lambert Smith as their number one wide receiver or a Trey Wallace as their number one wide receiver. I mean, no, I, 
yeah. Not and right I, now. And I, and I said this on the last episode, Sean. I'm just like, you got to surround Drew Aller with weapons, right? You got to just put as many tools in his toolbox as possible. And it's hard to imagine, but Penn State could kind of a pretty bare cupboard, depending on how the transfer portal goes here. Um, I know Dante Sivas visited this weekend, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a, in a little bit. But I don't know if there's ever been a – I mean, you could say Mitch Tinsley last year was a big-time get. But as far as like what they, they desperately needed, I mean – I hate to say it, but I think they almost have to get Dante Cephas, like at this point, right? Like you were able to get him on campus. You were able to get him to to show up here. I don't believe he has any other visits at the moment scheduled. Um, I mean, you, you got to find a way to get this guy because if you don't, again, now, if you get one guy, you can turn your attention elsewhere, right? It's easier to, to move on other guys when you know who you have. And... I just feel like one gets the ball rolling a little bit as far as the transfer portal momentum goes. Are you concerned at all about Stubblefield's ability to develop a receiver? Uh, no, I, I'm I'm not there yet. I'm not saying oh. it's not possible. Um, okay. I'm yeah, because these yet. are all four star guys, and it's just I don't like that. I don't feel good about like any of them to be the next guy and we have to look in the portal yeah uh, no i get that i will say this i think trey wallace has developed pretty well from from where he what, what he was i mean he was a three-star guy he wasn't he wasn't yeah. anything spectacular he was a guy from alabama that nobody in the state of alabama i believe wanted um and, and again he's got good size he's got good jumping ability and they've kind of groomed him a little bit i i don't really blame stubber stubblefield for what keandra lambert smith has been if anything, you could maybe say it's more of what the lack of consistency for for why Keandre Lambert Smith has with the coaches around him more than more than just KLS himself. But um, no, I, I'm not ready to say it, it's it's a stubble field problem yet. I, I think um, you know you got this healthy batch of wide receivers coming in, in the 2022 class. If none of them work out, which, but I mean, I thought we saw some pretty good things from Amari Evans. But if none of those guys work out, then I think you can start to become more concerned, right? Like, give them this whole fresh batch of guys and, and see kind of what, what kind of goes down. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now, too. I'm not that panicked, but, like, if none of these guys, if we don't have a number one amongst among any of these guys, I mean, I think then it's a concern. But they are all young. Like Christian Driver is, is a guy that's just coming over from the defensive backfield. And we don't know how good he's going to be yet because he just started playing receivers. So there are a lot of young guys there, and you have to be, you have to be aware of that. But I just wanted to see where you were at. Yeah, but I think it's something to say that as far as the offense goes this year, if you had to point to the weakest position group, it probably would have been wide receiver, which – I mean, it's kind of nuts because that wasn't what we thought it was going to be going into the year. We thought maybe running back because we didn't know what Catron Allen and Nick Singleton were yet. Uh, we thought offensive line, which, well, I didn't think that, but other people thought offensive line. And then you could have maybe even said tight end as far as consistency goes, and then maybe but even if... quarterback. Yeah. And yeah. yet, really, 
the most inconsistent group of all of them, besides, I guess, you know, knowing Clifford's inconsistent consistency, the most inconsistent group was really the receiving core. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. And so I think that was a little bit of surprise, right? And I mean, there were like the Michigan State game, the whole first half, nobody was open. Like I was watching from the 40 yard line and nobody was really getting open. (laughs) And it, it was, we had trouble getting separation from one of the worst secondaries in the country. And I was like, Ooh, this, this, this isn't good. (laughs) And um, yeah. So overall the receiving group was, I mean, if I were to grade them, probably a B minus this year, uh, which isn't spectacular. And I'm just hoping for improvement next year. But I think if you could land a couple of these guys from the portal, notice I said a couple of these guys, I think I'd feel a lot better about it going into going into next year. Yeah, yeah. And, and we'll get to that in a second because there's some news there. But I think the wide receivers are the position right now that people kind of feel the worst about. And it's just kind of not probably where you want to feel when you have your five-star quarterback taking the reins of the offense. Um, in two games from now, if you will, assuming again that Sean Clifford starts the Rose Bowl, so that that should be interesting. Um, let's let's talk Chris Stoll, Sean. And do you do you want to do the honors since I know you're very enthusiastic about this? Yes. So Chris Stoll won the most prestigious award in college football, and that is the Patrick Manley Award for the best long snapper in America. How did they judge the best long snapper in America? I have no idea. But I guess all of his snaps were good and it kind of makes sense because I don't remember any of his snaps being bad this year. And look, I I know we're kind of having fun with this, but honestly, it's a cool honor. Like that's a really awesome thing. It's the first time that I think any Penn State player has won it. And you need a long snapper because I think they say you don't want to know the name of the long snapper. And I have a feeling at Beaver stadium, if you were to give out a survey or if you were to ask every single person walking in, who's Penn state's long snapper. What do you think about 10% of the fans would be able to say it? (laughs) I mean, I think think 10% is probably pushing it even. Yeah. Maybe five. Like, and, and Penn state has some great fans. Like we're not like, UCLA fans that probably don't know anything when they go home. Like we have some great fans here and in a way that's a good thing that they don't know who he is because if he was screwing up the snaps, I have a feeling everybody would be like, who's this guy? And then they'd be like, Oh, Stoll, he sucks. Get somebody else in. And it's, um, it's a bit, it's, I, I'm really, really happy for Crystal because long snapper is a thankless position and to get recognized as the best in the country, that's that's a huge honor. So congratulations, Crystal. That's a good point. Yeah, it, it, I was going to say that the best way to win the award is for no one to know of you until you win the award. Because, yeah, people know your name means you're probably not doing your job. I, I, I don't know how they do it either. I think it's got to be, I think you got to be an experienced guy. I don't think they're going to give that award to a freshman long snapper. I think it's more of like a, respect to longevity over anything else to be to be honest with you 
Uh, he won over a guy, I think, what, the USF long snapper and the, or UCF long snapper. I'm not even sure. And then the other guy was from Oklahoma, I think. I yeah. think, yeah, I, th- I think you got it right. So, yeah. But, no, it, it is cool. And, I mean, well, you know, Barney O'Moore went around campus, right, and was asking people that people knew the Penn State punter. And most people didn't even know that they were being interviewed by the Penn State punter when they couldn't even come up with his name. So, yeah, the, the long snapper, probably not a lot of people know. But uh, in a situation where Penn State got, I don't want to say got snubbed in some degree in from the All-American list and whatnot, got a national award, baby. I wonder, like, I'm trying to think the last time a Penn State player got a national award, probably... Somebody probably won, I don't know, Carl Nassib won the, the walk-on award, I believe. Um, didn't, uh, didn't Trace win something? I think Sean Clifford won something, too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, Cliff won something. It was like, I don't know, the Man of the Year award for college football That's or something exactly like that. exactly what I think he won. Yeah. That, that wasn't the Campbell award. He didn't win that one, did he? No, he... I, I don't think so. I, I was about to say something kind of mean, so I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I, I don't remember what the award was. Yet. I'll see if I can uh, find it. Yeah, uh, Saquon, I don't think, ever won the Walker Award either. No, he but he won the most versatile, the Paul Horning. Paul Horning, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Well, hold on a second. So... Oh, so he was a so this year Sean Clifford was a Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year. Right. I don't know if he won it though. I don't think he did. But I swore he won something. I think last he won year. something last year. I remember him getting his picture taken for something. Yeah, but I couldn't tell you what. And we, again, I thought maybe that was the that was the end of everything, but no. Anyway, yeah, I can't find it. I'll, Tom and yeah anyway but but besides that yeah i don't really know if anyone's won anything i guess said carl nassib won the the walk-on heisman award that one year but i think that's about it so if someone reminds us comment on youtube and let us know where we messed up but yeah so it's nice to see penn state win a national award i obviously i think penn state's going to want to win some different awards moving forward uh, I, Abdul Carter was on some freshman All-Americans. I saw Kalen King was on some fresh. You know who's been getting snubbed like everywhere though is Jair Brown. Like can still getting snubbed yeah. from a lot of things. So that's frustrating. Um, I don't know what was next, but I just want to reiterate to everybody: five-star reviews are showing up on YouTube right now. We are still five away, ladies and gentlemen. I know we said new or by the time the season was over, which I guess will be the Rose Bowl. We are five Apple reviews away from 100. We will do a giveaway at that point. Um, Don't you guys want pizza? It would be a very big Christmas gift if we could do it before Christmas. So so if you haven't done the five-star review yet, do it. We'll send you a sticker for free, um, which I did actually update the merch store. There's actually some shirts up there now. Uh, There's a different kind of sticker up there as well. So... Um, if you've already got one sticker, I can start sending people different stickers now as well. So that's up there. Um, want to get that, want to get to hundred really bad, really, really bad. So let, let's get that taken care of. 
I wanted some other housekeeping items real quick. I we did release the final pick'em standards standings, which it was me, Sean, and three others were all tied. I think I had a terrible, terrible final week. Could have had the dub easily. I think I only had four right in that final final week. So, uh, but I so, struggled too. Yep. Yeah. So five way tie, and so we got those. I think oh, some. I actually think Dorito hasn't messaged us yet. Dorito is tied. He hasn't messaged us. The other two guys, I want to say it was a Joe and Thomas. See Thomas, Clarence Thomas, or the other two. Those have reached out. I already have hats going their way. Is it Clarence Thomas? <laughs> Clarence Thomas is the Supreme Court justice, but maybe he listens to the show. I, I mean, I think that's his name, though. I mean, I don't think it's is the same Is his name guy. Clarence Thomas? No, no. Now I got to check it. It's C. Thomas for sure. Clayton Thomas. <laughs> Almost same thing. Clayton Thomas. Change his name to Clarence. But yeah, so um, Clayton Thomas and Joe have already got hats coming their way. But um, Dorito, you need to message us so we can get a hat to you as well. Uh, we are trying to do a bowl pick but no one has filled them out or emailed me yet, as far as I can tell. It's on Twitter, and it will be attached to the, the latest tweets on the thread tomorrow when I tweet this. Just email me your Excel spreadsheet or just email me your pics, and we can take care of it. But if we don't get anybody, we're, I was going to do a $10 entry. If we don't get anybody, I guess we won't do it. So I guess we could maybe do the ESPN Bowl Challenge. I could set it up that way if that's just easier for everybody. I don't really know. But... um. If we're not interested in that, then I just I'll take my time and go elsewhere. Um, but no, otherwise that's all the housekeeping items I think I have. YouTube's over 500 subscribers, so thank you for that. I think we're already at like 521 as of right now. So just moving on up in the world. So we appreciate that. Um, I will. I I'm confident. I know for sure. I'll have a huge milestone to celebrate, Sean. Next episode on Wednesday, 100%. Huge milestone. Huge milestone. Huge milestone. As far as the podcast statistics go. So. Huh. Interesting. Very, very excited to share that with you. We're not. I don't even know this milestone yet. No, you don't. But we will be there. um, I guarantee it by tomorrow, probably, actually. So very excited about that. And that's all because you guys. So thank you guys so much for listening. I know that was a lot of random crap there. Okay, let's let's talk recruiting, and and that was a good kind of way to weed out people that don't care. Uh, recruiting and transfer portal stuff now, Sean. Um, so I want to talk with a guy I think is going to commit literally probably any second. And I think did I have this on here? Yeah, I did. Sweet, I kept this graphic up for a reason. Uh, I want to talk Mason Robinson first. Visited this weekend. Was in the midst of talking to Notre Dame, but doesn't seem like that's going to probably happen. I, I I think if you're listening to this on Monday, he might have already committed, to be honest with you. Uh, was, a, was a Northwestern commit. Uh, their defensive line coach and their defensive coordinator were both let go. That kind of opened the door. He's, he's a huge – he cares about the academic side of things. He's from McDonough High School, which obviously Devon Ellis, Curtis Jacobs – Deny Dennis Sutton, and I'm missing one, I think. 
Um, uh, McDonough's a big pipe. I think Izzard? Is Izzard from there, too? Uh, I don't think Izzard is. Devon Alley's, so. Deny Dennis Sutton, Deny Curtis Dennis Jacobs. Sutton. Yeah, Curtis Jacobs. Yeah, there it's a big more. pipeline. Yeah. Um. Anyway, funny thing is he originally said, I think this Sean Fitz said this on, on Blue and White Illustrated on YouTube, that he actually originally didn't want to follow and deny Dennis Sutton's footsteps, and that actually might have hurt Penn State. But now uh, he visited, and I think deny Dennis Sutton was actually part of that visit. So um, this guy is... Is probably going to end up committing to Penn State. Again, a three-star defensive lineman in the 2023 class. I would be shocked if, if that doesn't happen. There's another defensive lineman on here, Sean, Joseph Mapoye. These two are these two guys are kind of different, right? I mean, the one, you know, Mason Robinson, more maybe, I guess, proven concept guy, as Mapoye is more of a maybe, uh, maybe you're taking a little bit of a chance there as far as potential versus potential versus like obvious outright measurables does that make sense yeah yeah robinson like you watch him on tape he really gets after the quarterback he's very quick off the edge um big fan of his i didn't really think we were gonna get back into it with him like because he committed to northwestern a little while ago and he wasn't one of those guys that we said we think we could come back around, but then, like you said, there were some coaching changes at Northwestern. Northwestern obviously had a uh, horrific year this year, so you can't really blame Pat Fitzgerald for making changes, but it benefits Penn State. And like you said, Notre Dame offered a couple days ago that was seen as some as a place that he might end up going to. It doesn't look like he's he's going to, though, because he's committing right after he visited Penn State, and he's not going to be making Notre Dame visit. So that benefits Penn State. Yeah, I expect him to join this class. And to be able to end the class with potentially him, Papoye, and um, Kavion Keys, just three guys that could really get after the pass rush, that could really get after the quarterback, that's really how you want to end the class on the defensive side of the ball. So that would be a, it'd be a big get for Penn state and it'd be awesome to be able to uh, have a true flip from Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And, and again, my Poye teammate was Zion Tracy. Um, I don't know the timetable from Mapoye, but I think that's probably going to be coming soon too. And so that's, I mean, that's a kind of a huge push late for the Penn State coaching staff to sure up some defensive linemen, uh, which which is kind of nice. And we've saw a couple guys in the transfer portal right now that play that kind of defensive lineman type, right? I mean, Rodney McGraw, as you see on the screen there, and Devon Talley, both in the transfer portal as well. So, um, and I think, I think it was, I don't know, it might, I don't know if it was McGraw or Townley. I'm not sure which one. But one of them's already getting a bunch of offers. I, I, I forget which one was which, but um, I think it was Townley. I think Townley got offered by Ole Miss already, and I think Colorado too. Uh, but anyway, back to that 2023 class real quick. Since we're kind of did the opposite of how I talked about um, on Wednesday's show, but that's fine. I wanted to mention that Conrad Hussey did visit Florida State this weekend. And sounds like he had a great time. So 
glad he had a great time. Uh, but this seems, Sean, like although he's committed to Penn State, it seems like, the, and Miami's interested in him as well. It seems like this one is going to be a battle to early signing day, Sean. I mean, it sounds like, although I guess he's probably leaning towards Penn State still, it it seems like this this almost could go 50-50 at this point. And, and that's kind of speculation, but that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, we're definitely not out of it for Husky. He's still committed to Penn State and everything, but you don't really like to see... As I sneeze. Uh, you really don't like to see commits make official visits, especially this late in the cycle. And it wasn't expected. That was another uh, crazy thing about it. But it does happen. Um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's time to, you know, panic yet necessarily. But it's definitely something to monitor. And Conrad Hussey has made other visits before, and he has stayed committed, but. You know, signing days in a week. So hopefully we're able to to hang on to them. And this is kind of what could happen when you're recruiting outside of your footprint, especially in the Florida area. Yeah. And I guess to end it on a more positive note, Dakari Nelson is having is blowing up even more. Every time I go on Twitter, everyone's talking about how good Dakari Nelson's going to be for Penn State and how he could play safety. He's just already grown um, into that role so well. So uh, lots of lots of good things about Dakari Nelson uh, from the guy, the, the safety from Alabama. So that was that was positive to hear. Um, still seems like in this 2023 class that Penn State wants to take a running back. Not sure who that is going to be yet, but it, it just seems like there are another running back is probably going to be joining London Montgomery in this class. We just maybe don't know exactly who yet, um, but but keep it in mind that you know Christopher Johnson was considered was going to maybe visit, and that was canceled. I mentioned that on Wednesday um, that that visit didn't end up happening. That was actually canceled by Penn State, which to me says maybe Penn State might have a secret commit from a running back. I'm not sure who that is. Maybe Cam Wallace uh, from Georgia. Maybe that's Kendrick Riscano who visited and who was a Michigan State commit. But either way, I think you could see Penn State get two more defensive linemen, see them pick up another running back, and then Daniel Harris, who... I keep saying, if you think you know something about this, you don't know anything, because this guy might end up at Penn State or Georgia. We just don't know. Um, those are four guy, four spots, I think, is is the bare minimum we still see committed. Like, I think they could still take four guys at this point, Sean. Yeah, and KV on Keys. Um, he's yeah, we haven't even talked about Keys yet. Yeah. Yeah. So Harris, like you said, I think we, I, I think we do end up with the two defensive linemen. In um, in Robinson and Poy, and then I think we end up with the running back, and so maybe Terry Smith was a lion when he was like, "No, nah, I think he could still take five or six more guys." Because at the time we were like, "Really?" And it looks like that is possible. Now, I mean, another question is, do we hang on to all of our guys? And I don't know that yet. I don't know if we hang on to Conrad Hussey. I don't know if there's another decommit. I don't know if there could be another decommit from someone. So overall, I think. Five is a good number to expect. 
um, because I do think I think Keys ends up in the class based on what I based on what we've been seeing. Um, he did just have an in-home visit with Brent Pry. Uh, for those of you who um, might live in 2020, Brent Pry is not on Penn State staff anymore. He is the head coach at Virginia Tech, so Virginia Tech is heavily in it um, as well as Penn State. But it looks like he's leaning toward Penn State's way, and that would be that would be awesome. I was I was actually just watching some of his highlights from his senior year, and he's a he's a really good player. So, um, so yeah, I think five is probably the number. Uh, and I agree with you on Daniel Harris. Doesn't look like anybody really knows where he's leaning, and he probably doesn't know where he's leaning. So, <clears throat> so yeah, this um, has the potential to be a Really good December for Penn State in trying to close the deal. I am curious to see if any of these guys decide to wait till the last signing day, because that's always that's always a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I think just to wrap up your thoughts on on keys. I mean, that would be this is someone we were discussing. I think what since July heavily, and it was like oh there's no way. Then it's like oh maybe there is a way. And then it's like oh we hadn't heard anything for a while. And then oh. And now he's decommitted, and you're like, I, I don't know how to not feel good if you're a Penn State fan right now for Kavion Keys. Not saying it's the done deal by any stretch, but the first step in getting this commitment was to get him to decommit from UNC, which seems elementary, but getting the decommitment I think was pretty big because I think he committed in August. And so that A, that wasn't very long ago, and B, that was after a lot of I feel like deliberation on his part. Like he really thought about it. He visited both places and, and, and he decided that, and then A&M offered him. And then I think that was kind of the beginning of, Oh, maybe this actually really isn't all over. So yeah, I, I think if Pence hands up with KV on key, if they, if they end up with keys, uh, Tamir Robinson and Tony Rojas in, in this 2023 class. I mean, that there's just no way you don't get excited about that. Right. Obviously Abdul Carter, and what he was able to do for the 2022 class. We haven't seen a bunch from Keon Wiley yet. Um, and then you shuttle in potentially three more outstanding linebackers. You're feeling really good. So we'll wait and see. Which, by the way, to me, Robinson, I'm hearing more and more that he still might play linebacker at Penn State. That maybe maybe not an edge guy. Maybe could play some Mike. Maybe could play some, some Will as well. So we'll have to wait and see there. Um, but yeah, I think five guys sounds about right, Sean, which again is just kind of nuts because we didn't think that was even really possible maybe a month or two ago. So um, I thought there was something else you add. Oh, we, we know for sure like a guy like Roger Pleasant is going to wait until February. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But again, he the Penn State continues to hang around there, which is just... More than I thought was going to happen there. So I guess we'll keep an eye on there as well. Any more on a 2023 class before we go portal news, Sean? Yeah, I agree with you, Roderick Pleasant. I think he stays out West. Um, <clears throat> but no, I mean, I, I think we covered this pretty extensively. And there'll be more and more news coming in the next week. I do think probably by our Wednesday show that we'll probably have another announcement. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, well, let's go portal. I'll throw up the the graphic again. 
as far as what needs go, I think wide receivers still very, very high on that needs list. Defensive line still very high on that needs list. Offensive line and, and cornerback there as well. Uh, Keyshawn Blackstock in that 2023 class, a Juco guy, he was originally supposed to visit this past weekend and, and decided not to. And I'm just kind of curious if that was related to maybe a, a, a portal guy maybe considering coming in because – Sean, I just think it's hard right now from the offensive line perspective to get high caliber offensive tackles in because we haven't heard from Caden Wallace yet. We don't know if he's coming back or not. We haven't heard, you know, what their plan is for him. Are they going to try to move him in the guard? We don't know if Juice Scruggs is back, and that would kind of change things, which you're probably wondering, like, why would that matter? He plays center. Well, if Scruggs comes back, then you leave Norzad at guard, and you probably could leave Wallace at tackle. But if Scruggs goes, then you move Norzad from guard to center, and then maybe you want to kick Wallace inside and maybe either start Drew Shelton or, or bring someone else in. So kind of a lot decides on what Juice Scruggs at center decides to do. Um, and then that, I mean, and, and Black Sox's not the only, you know, offensive lineman they're going after right now that uh, a Johnny Cornelius was a guy from the Rhode Island, uh, from Rhode Island that they, well, everyone in the world is offered at this point, but seems to have been at least more than just an offer with Penn State so far. Um, but that's that's gotten a little quiet. They they offered buyers from UTEP. Uh, we'll have to wait and see there. But I just think Sean, it's a hard position to heavily recruit in the transfer portal right now, especially for guys that only have one year of eligibility left. Like if you bring in a guy that has two years and you can say, Hey, Olu's only going to be here for one more year. Wallace, if he decides to come back, is only going to be here for one more year. You are going to start. If not your first year, your second year here, if they only have one year left, I think that conversation becomes to get a little harder. Yeah. And these guys want to play like they're not just going to transfer to Penn state just to transfer to Penn state. They want, they want to play. They want to build their. They want to build their uh, draft stock, and you know they want to be able to to get some playing time, or they'll go elsewhere. And you look at left tackle. I mean, we have maybe the best left tackle in college football coming back next year, so that's one position they're not going to get. And then right tackle. I mean, yeah, a lot of it depends on Caden Wallace, but you have to also consider Drew Shelton came in last year. It came in this year, and played really well at right tackle. So he's going to be somebody uh, you watch out for. But, you know, maybe my hunch is James Franklin and his staff already know who's going. I think they already know if Drew Scruggs is declaring. They already know if they're going to ask Caden Walls to come back or not. And that's kind of my hunch. Uh, I don't think they're going into any of this blind. James Franklin is very well known for being a prepared coach. Uh, sometimes you could even argue he's overprepared, but he has all of this mapped out. I'm sure with where he's going to put everybody and what scenario and scenario then different scenarios that pop up. Uh, it makes a lot of sense, I think, going after a tackle still, because a guy like Drew Shelton, even though he played really well last, it, this I keep saying last year, this year, they might like him better at guard. And he was seen as a tackle or a guard coming into college. Stop me if you heard that before with Penn State offensive linemen. But he was seen as a guy that could play either position, and maybe they wanted a, a true tackle. And to move Shelton inside, you have Shelton, and maybe you could 
maybe you could put Warmly on the bench or just have him come in off the bench and you start Shelton, you have Tang Wall, you put Norzad at center, there's your line. Maybe that's what they're thinking. So it makes a whole lot of sense to go after a tackle, but I think it could be a tough ask to be, to bring one in. Not as tough as a quarterback, but still a tough ask nonetheless. Yeah, 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 I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, let's talk wide receivers, because that's kind of where we're at, right? Dante Cephas, the first guy I want to talk about, and we've talked about quite a bit. Visited this weekend, haven't heard anything uh, from the visit. Uh Highly productive guy, again, former Penn Hills high school wide receiver, teammates with Daquan Hardy and Tank Smith. Has offers from pretty much everybody at this point. Once to enroll in January. I think if you're looking for, like, the first domino to fall, I think this is the first one. And, again, you got the first crack at Dante Cephas. And, and actually, Dante Cephas had been at Penn State on a visit before. Um, but this was – this was a big weekend for him, and I guess we'll see. If he play, takes visits elsewhere, I think that's a pretty good indication on how it went. But if he commits sometimes this week, I think obviously that kind of that kind of nails it in the coffin. Um, Dante Thornton, it's been quiet, Sean. I haven't heard much yet uh, about Dante Thornton. Again, former Penn State commit from Baltimore, Maryland, uh, pretty close to Curtis Jacobs. Also close with Caleb Williams, who just won the Heisman. Be interesting to see what happens with Dante Thornton. Um, before I kind of let you go off, I just wanted to say Theo Theo Weiss Jr., uh, former wide receiver from Oklahoma, has just committed to Missouri. So I don't want to say like the chips are beginning to fall, but we're starting to see some some people decide to make decisions, um, and and that's a big time wide receiver that has just come off the board. So maybe. As wide receivers come off the board, there's going to be more pressure on the ones that haven't. So I guess we'll just have to keep that in mind as this whole process kind of uh, kind of cleans out. And then, if Sean, if you want to talk, touch on Jimmy Horn Jr. or Dorian Singer as well, you, you know, feel free to. Yeah, Singer's an impressive guy, and um, Jimmy Horn. Uh, I think every, I think Colorado, and that this is real. I've looked it up. They have an offer out to every single person in the portal. I'm okay. I, I was making it up, but any, you know, coach prime is going to be after pretty much every good player because they just need guys out at Colorado because they're a one in 11 roster. I'm sure uh, those of you who are online, you've seen him say that he's, br- that he's bringing his luggage and it's Louie. And for those who need, so that just means he's bringing in good players and you better step up. You better step your game up or you're going to be on the first bus out of here. And yeah, a guy like Jimmy Horn is <laughs> who is who Deion Sanders has in mind. And from what I understand, Colorado probably has an edge on Penn State right now, but I wouldn't count Penn State out. Uh, Dante Thornton Jr., I think any time. First off, I know he's originally from Baltimore, but he's played in the Pac-12. And that means he's connected to some guys that are at SC. And like you said, he's connected to the Heisman winner, um, Caleb Williams, and he's connected to, and he's connected to Lincoln Riley. So it's going to be tough to be able to get him back out here, but it's possible. Um, And then 
Yeah, a guy that, I, like I said, a guy I really like is Devontae Walker. He really tore up Georgia when they put, when Ken, I, you guys probably remember us talking about the Kent State Georgia game. Uh, and they were struggling with Kent State. And a lot of that is because of Devontae Walker. And I really like the way he runs. He's a long, he has long stride. He takes long strides. He's 6'3. He's probably the guy, he might be the guy like the best out of anybody out of all the receivers in the portal. So I would really like to be able to reel him in and, um, and his teammate, Dante Cephas Jr. Or I might've just added the junior part. <laughs> I think you did, but that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll call him that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I guess we can move away from wide receiver. I think that that's the big one, right? But we'll, we'll move away from that from now. Uh, I wanted to mention defensive back real quick. I just saw that Terry Roberts, the defensive back from Iowa, was just offered a scholarship from West Virginia. So we'll keep that in mind. Um, I really like this Darian Varner from from Temple. Haven't heard anything as far as him. Um, haven't heard very much from Jeremiah Byers, the offensive tackle. I don't know if he's going to get in for a visit or not. The Virginia cornerback, Fentrell Cypress, has been very quiet. I thought that might have been one of the earlier dominoes since I feel like everyone's after him. Um, I would I would say Penn State's kind of on the outside looking in there from what I've read and, and, and heard. And um, haven't heard very much on Kyrie Jackson, the corner from Alabama. And then I, I said it last episode, but I'll just say it again. It seems like. I don't know if Penn State's not interested, but Elijah Judy, the defensive lineman from Texas A&M, haven't heard anything as far as Penn State being interested there. So that was a little bit of a surprise to me, again, being from Northeast High School in Philadelphia. But uh, but I haven't heard. They, they offered him, but we haven't heard anything else in addition to that. So um, we'll keep it in mind there. Penn State wants to get a defensive lineman. I'd be surprised if they don't, but we haven't seen a bunch of action there yet. Yeah, to me, I mean, I would like to see us more involved in defensive tackles. Um, I would like a guy to be able to somewhat replace P.J. Mustafer, just a run stuff. You know, I would like to see us pick up a run stuffer. Uh, I agree with you, though. Elijah Judy really made a lot of sense to me, just being from just being a Philly guy and everything. Um, but like I said, it's just been quiet on the front on really on the defensive front as a whole right now. And the action, like the part of the reason we talk so much about the receivers, not only because it's a big name, but because we had, we've kind of had the most action there with Cephas visiting and he was recently crystal ball to go to Penn state. So yeah, just we're going to like, and it's not like recruiting where we're going to know about 90% of these answers in a week. Like the portal is going to take time and we're going to have new information come in and we're going to have new visits come in. We'll probably have visits next weekend. Uh, but for now, it's guys are just getting in there. They're finishing up their stuff in school and they're making that transition to the portal. So just uh, keep an eye out between now and probably the new year. And beyond. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we had some fan questions about it too, but so we'll get to it a little bit more. But it, it's not something that's just going to go away. And and I think I want to reiterate that a couple times over. Um, there probably there might be news right now breaking that we just haven't seen yet. So uh, just keep that in mind. 
and I think some of it's going to kind of depend on how this 2023 class ends up too. So um, there might be guys that want to commit to Penn State, but Penn State's like, hold on, like I, we got to figure out the numbers. You know, I will say this: if you're a commit or a potential commit, a target for Penn State, and you don't sign on early signing day, I, I think that is going to be a pretty sign to Penn State. Like, hey, if we can get a guy in a portal that fits that need, now we're going to probably we're going to probably go ahead and do that. So. Uh, we'll see, but I think that's uh, I think that's something to pay attention to as we kind of move through this, Sean. Yeah, and just um, you know, you hate to see Tom Brady down twenty eight nothing like he is right now. I just want to throw that in there. You know, I I got really screwed. I had Darren Waller on my bench IR, and I had J.K. Dobbins on my IR spot, and Kenneth Walker was in my flex, and when he got hurt, I was going to pick up somebody. Yeah, he's my running to. back, too. I was going to pick somebody up, but they wouldn't let me drop or add anybody until I got Dobbins off my IR. But since Dobbins already played, I couldn't move him. So I couldn't add or drop anybody. Got mm-hmm. hosed. And um, that's just the way it is, I guess. But kind of got screwed there. But I had... Uh, I had... JJ and Miles Sanders today. Just Miles Sanders. I mean, we should probably, we don't need to mention it too much. So we'll talk about it on Wednesday. But Miles Sanders, over 1,000 yards on the season, 11 touchdowns now in a year, 144 yards rushing today, and two touchdowns. Looked really good. Yeah, Miles is having an awesome year. Um, he's a great, 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 great year. Um, it was a struggle for Saquon today, but it was a struggle for the Giants in general. So that was a blowout. Fryerbooth had a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Pat had a touchdown as well, and I think I had him on the bench. I'm sorry to Mark Andrews instead, like an idiot. Pain. You know he hasn't scored a touchdown in like four weeks? Yeah, because he, well, he's hurt for a little bit, and then I don't know. I probably shouldn't have started him since uh, since Lamar's hurt, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into fan questions if you're ready. That's kind of how we're going to wrap up the show today, too, actually. Um, yeah. All right. I was just seeing there's any extra news here before we kind of get into things here. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and, and are liking. We appreciate you guys. Fan question time. Let me see if I can. We only have two today. But I think they are very relatable. A lot of people wanted us to talk about wide receivers. We got the, a DM too that people wanted us to talk about wide receivers. So definitely talking. And here's another wide receiver question for you. So fan question time again. Drop questions at Hardcore PSUFB. You can DM us. You can just send them to us on Facebook, whatever. But we always get a tweet out there for you guys to to drop some questions. And if they're not bad, we'll uh, we'll throw them on the show like we did for these two. This one's from David Blank. Outside of Keandre Lambert-Smith, who currently in the receiver's room do you think is best poised to take a step forward in the bowl game and throughout the 2023 season? Right off the bat, I thought pinstripe bowl, Chris Godwin type game is is the vibe I think David Blank is going with here. Uh, Sean, I'll let you go first if you want if you want to. Yeah, I'd go um, Omari Evans. I like that Chris Godwin 
uh, comp um, because he was kind of kind of had a quieter freshman year. I don't want to say it was totally quiet, but that was a bad offense and it was hard to really get in a rhythm as a young guy. Um, but, but yeah, I would say Omari Evans, I really love his speed and you can't teach speed and it's his first time ever playing receiver before. And I've been, I, from the limited stuff that I've seen, I've been pretty impressed with him. Um, but you just, you want to see him continue to progress and hopefully after the bowl practices, hopefully he could have a big Rose bowl. Maybe he could get a start. Maybe he could get, give us a spark with a deep pass or something. Uh, so I would probably go the Amari Evans route. That's that's not who I thought you were going to say. That's actually not uh, who I thought you were going to say. But I like that one. I think it's a sneaky good one. I'm going to go Trey Wallace. I think Trey Wallace has an opportunity to really shine. I think we've seen some tidbits here and there. But the, he could see an extended amount of playing time in the bowl game. Uh, with the additional practices to get on the same page. I, I think Trey Wallace is a guy, I don't want to say needs to have a good bowl game, but if he does, I mean, that makes everyone feel a lot better going into the 2023 season. So I'm going to go with Trey Wallace. I, I, big jump ball catcher. I like the height. I like the, the ability to jump, go get it. I think you want a physical guy against a Utah defense like that. So yeah, I'm going to go with Trey Wallace. And, and he's shown to to be able to break some of the some more aggressive defenses. He had the nice catch against Michigan. Um, I'm going to go Trey Wallace, and we'll, we'll kind of see what happens there. This kind of leads back into the recruiting realm a little bit. And this is from James McLean. McLean? If you could only take four more guys in the 2023 class or in a transfer portal, Sean. So I'm only giving you four. Who would you like to see? I guess I'll start. I'll give you a second to think. Uh, if I had to take four and only four, I'd go Dante Cephas. I would go... I would go Mason Robinson. Daniel Harris. And... Give me an offensive tackle. I don't know. No, give me a give me. That's oh, tough. Okay, if we're gonna get if we're gonna get Daniel Harris, we're gonna get Mason Robinson, Dante Cephas, and give me give me another offensive weapon. Why not give me give me Dante Thornton? Give me Dante Thornton, Dante. Dante, that's going to be hard. That's going to be confusing as hell if they get Dante Sivas and Dante Thornton. But give me Dante Sivas, Dante Thornton, Daniel Harris in the 2023 class, and Mason Robinson in the 2023 class. That that covers two weapons for Drew Aller that could immediately make an impact for next year. That gives you some added depth to the defensive line moving into the 2024-2025 seasons and a big-time star corner uh, who could probably play right away in Daniel Harris. That, that's where I would go. Yeah, uh, first off, I would say if we could only get four, that means something went terribly wrong um, because I think we need more than four, but that's, yeah. that's the parameters of the question. Uh, I'd go Daniel Harris, too. Um, really good player. I think you'd take a Georgia decommit any day. 
Um, I would go Dante Cephas. Uh, I would go Montez Walker. I would go KB on keys. Damn, I forgot. I keep. I don't know why I keep forgetting about keys because you know how much I love keys, and I keep forgetting about yeah. him. Yeah, because I think with him, the reason I would take him over the other two defensive linemen is he does a lot of the same stuff they do, and that he's a good he's a good guy to uh, blitz the quarterback. So that's that would be the those would be my four guys, but I I want more than that. <laughs> yeah, th- th- those are good. Those are solid. Yeah, I. I maybe change mine now but that's too late for that um good question though i I think originally james was a little confused he thought that they would only take four more and i was like no i mean they're gonna they're gonna end up with more than four guys between those two things that just that's just that's a pretty much a fact at this point but i think it's still a good question to kind of see where our values are i mean we took basically two 2023 class guys we took two uh portal guys so that's just kind of how it receivers is. Each. Yeah, that, that, so I think that illustrates where our concerns are. And not that our concerns have to align with the coaching staff's concern, but I think they're pretty close. I think. But what do well, I know? Why don't why don't they ask us? Yeah, I don't know. Coaching staff. They should just ask us what we think. Yeah. Well, thank you again for all the questions. We got a couple more. I don't know if I answered or included everybody's, but uh, drop your questions you know, below. Again, we'll be back on Wednesday night. We'll answer some more fan questions at Hardcore PSUFB on Twitter. Okay, Sean, I think that's all I really have to talk about today. Um, shorter-ish pod, but we appreciate you guys nonetheless. We'll be back Wednesday night, hopefully to break down some commitments. Um. I think that's all I have. We did got a lot of housekeep, housekeeping items out earlier than usual. Yeah, yeah. Um, just for you, those of you who don't know, we do have the Rose Bowl in a few weeks, so look out yes. for that. And we'll be doing previews for that and all that in the coming weeks. So, so yeah, I'm I'm excited. Corey's excited. You're excited. I, at least I hope you're excited. So, I'm excited to share the the news on Wednesday. Oh, yes. Yes. I forgot you. You're going to leave us with that cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah, we have and people have been asking us about like Utah. Breakdowns and. It sounds bad, but we're just still one, two, three. Probably won't record on Christmas Day on Sunday. But one, two, three, four shows away still. So we got we got plenty of time to talk about Utah. We'll yeah, probably we talk time. about them on the twenty first, and we'll probably talk about them on the twenty eighth. Would be my guess. So yeah, yeah there's plenty of time, out. guys. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll come quick because we all know how quick uh, December ends. Um, but um, it's yeah. There's definitely time between now and then. And the most the most pressing thing right now is signing day. Like signing day is in a week. So that is the priority uh, as of this podcast. Is it is early signing day also the Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Yeah. So we're just 10 days away. 
Yep. So it's going to be coming up quick. And I mean, that's, that's probably the thing. Well, I mean, the coaches, it's, it's kind of, I think early signing day kind of screwed the coaches with their time in that they're preparing for the bowl or the playoff and they have signing day. And then when they do the extended, when they expand playoff in 24, you're going to have games the same week as signing day. So I'm sure some of the coaches probably weren't too thrilled about that. <laughs> just in general, they the weren't thrilled. Staff, to... Yeah, just yeah. in general, the coaching staff gets hosed in December. I mean, it's yeah, it's a tough month for now. If, I will say this: if you're in a playoff, I think you maybe focus a little bit less on the transfer portal because, and and to a certain degree, you can recruit. You know what what you've done on the field recruits itself. But yeah, it's it's not it's not fun because obviously, if you're in the four team playoff. You're two games away from reaching your goal. So I think everything else maybe gets put in the back burner at least a little bit. But you can't stop. It's like Penn State basketball. It never stops. Yeah. Shout out to them for a big win over Illinois. Yeah. Nice win. Thank you, Shrewsbury. Way to go. Um, Anyway, that's it. We'll get out of there early. We'll see you guys back Wednesday night. Sorry for the the Sunday show has not been consistent with the time. Uh, I think... Roughly, we should be better next week. I don't, I don't have anything crazy on Sunday of next week. But um, we'll try to be better uh, with the 9 a.m. slot on Sunday moving forward. But we will see you Wednesday night at 9 Eastern p.m., which is 2100 for all you 24-hour people out there. Uh, until then, for Sean Kane, I'm Corey Lestoki. You've been listening to Hardcore Penn State Football. Go drop a five-star review. Go look at some new merch items, and we will see you Wednesday night. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.